0: Trademarks owned by Beckler AB to CV Twenty Twenty Four, Proximo, Jersey City,
1: New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to DraftKings Network, the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them.
2: I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston for for next.
1: Big job there from There are a
2: couple of absolutely self-involved bull**** Here are your hosts,
1: John Annick and Kenny Florian. Headshot
0: bang! Gosh, I mean, the headshot bang parlayed with the Boston Garden rap. If you're having a bad day, does, not, does that not just spin you around a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Dominic Cruz used to say, Kenny, if he had a bad warm-up, the crowd could sometimes get him going. That's why COVID-19 was particularly challenging had that bad warm-up and then you walk out there's no fans to uh spin it around for you
1: yeah absolutely man that that song's a head bobber dude it's just you just kind of want to bob your head just chill a little bit good shit.
0: and man leon edwards after he landed that uh that big shot he certainly was ready to to call his shot headshot done headshot bang whichever one you want to pick great to have you with us Happy 50th birthday, Nomar Garcia Parra. He's behind me. You believe me? He's, he's behind me. He's right here. Nomar. Right if you're watching on the uh, <clears throat> DraftKings Network, happy 50th birthday to Nomar Garcia Parra, born July 23rd, 1973, Whittier, California, my favorite professional athlete of all time. But great to have you with us. Episode 424, the Anakin Florian podcast, presented by DraftKings. And uh, we're not that far removed from uh, Tommy Aspinall's brilliance on ESPN+. Plus, But for us, this is our first time addressing our audience since so many big mixed martial arts headlines and fight announcements have transpired. So if I could pick the brain of Kenny Florian on a few of those before we move on to uh, Tom Aspinall, Paul Craig, and everybody else. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's annoying. I know it's annoying, and <laughs> yet I, I can't help it. I can't help it. So you – know, we-
1: yeah, no, go ahead. Please. No, please. Okay. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's always, um, you know, the, the 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 most common thing you hear when heavyweights are fighting is the power, right? But rarely do you see a heavyweight that moves like a lightweight that is light on his feet, that is loose, you know, upper body, lower body, that has the ability to get in and get out and make it look easy. And that's exactly what Tommy As- Aspinall did uh last night he just looked phenomenal just the the way that he was moving the way that he was making Tybura miss it looked like Tybura was just moving at a completely different speed and it was it highlighted the athleticism that Aspinall has and also it highlighted you know his technique on on the feet as well um, he just has so many weapons uh so many ways to finish you and i think he fought Tybura also with the proper patience to start that fight. And once he realized he had Tybora's number, he went out there and took him out like the professional that he is. Just a phenomenal performance. So we
0: know he has championship aspirations. We could have had this conversation a year ago had things gone differently against Curtis Blades. I know that was a short fight that ended by TKO due to injury. Curtis Blades did happen to get off to a good start with his hands in that fight, which perhaps is neither here nor there. But people are so quick to want to put Tom Aspinall in a cage with John Jones. He himself wants one more fight. But you can understand why people like yourself and the MMA minds that we like to lean on get so excited about a heavyweight like this. Because I get excited watching him hit mitts. And so then when you translate that to the octagon and he feels good in there and he feels primed and ready to go and... uh. He's just a real real problem obviously as you see uh is speed like the biggest factor that jumps off off the film for you when it comes to uh to aspinall
1: it definitely speed uh mobility right um I, and i think that the way that he's able to make guy's miss and and his footwork. It's just a rarity in the heavyweight division. You really don't see it too often. So when you do see it, you get very excited because typically you don't see heavyweights move like that. You typically see them Plod forward, look for a big shot. They land with power. That's impressive as well. But you know that's something that's more common amongst heavyweights. What is not common is the level of mobility that he has. And this is a guy that also can get it done on the ground as well. Whether it's with his grounded pound um, or with his submission game, so he has a lot of ways in which he could finish you. The one thing there was one attack where he attacked in a straight line and looked like maybe he m- might have run into something from Tybor, but aside from that it really was a flawless performance and when you put that at the backdrop that it was in England right so there's there's a lot of eyes watching there's a lot of pressure on him and he was coming off that devastating loss and injury to Curtis Blades there was a lot on the line so he just seemed to dismiss all of that he was very present that night and fought probably his best fight that that I've seen so that's about as good as it gets
0: it's amazing, too, how people can speak in such terms after such a quick fight. And it's because you all know what you see. And uh, it's very exciting to think about him ascending and uh, taking the proper steps. Of course, he talked about being there in September when uh, when Cirogan is front and center. And uh, we'll see, obviously, how that fight goes for him against uh, a not to be discounted Sergey Spivak. But, yeah, the heavyweight division is exciting. Sergey Pavlovich seemingly is the guy that nobody wants to call out. But you can understand why people are really geeked about Tommy Aspinall. We keep calling him Tommy. I guess it's the New England that's coming out. Yeah. But he he has that edge, too. He has that championship aura when he walks in a room. He has size. uh, But, gosh, the hand speed, man, and the accuracy and just the athleticism and uh, the hunger, the championship aspiration, the wanting of the pressure, calling his shot, wanting this main event. Think he wanted this fight or tied to Ivasa. And dude, Marcin Tabora, right? Like some people feel shortchanged when main events are quick. And maybe I'm among them, right? Like I at least would like to see the stools in a fight like this. You know what I mean? Just yeah. give me that minute six. But you can't say anything disparaging about Tom Aspinall just because it's a quick fight. Marcin Tabora came in having won seven of eight. Very difficult out historically in the UFC's heavyweight division. And uh, you know, Tommy too much just fucking chews him up and spits him out. So uh <laughs> what are you gonna do?
1: Exactly. And I think that you, you put it perfectly because you 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 brought the other side of the equation, which is Tybora who is not an easy guy to take out. He's got it he's got a good chin, he has skills everywhere, certainly doesn't is not blessed with the athleticism that Aspinall has. But he's got a ton of uh, high-level experience. He had a lot of momentum heading into this one. But all of that seemed to not matter to Aspinall, who just really made it look easy. So I don't know what John
0: Jones and Stipe Miocic are thinking beyond November. I don't think either one of them is really thinking beyond November. I hate to sit here and speculate that Stipe is going to retire, win or lose. Even when he was in the series with DC, he was only fighting once a year before this recent more prolonged gap so at the top of the division you have two guys who don't seem long for it uh and i i mean with john jones hopefully the optimists out there think that i'm so wrong about that but you know one or two fights is he really sticking around for tom aspinall and sergey Pavlovich? it is interesting though kenny is it not that now the consensus greatest of all time john jones is the ufc's heavyweight champion and there are two guys right And of course, there's the Stipe fight who everybody obviously puts on the pedestal and he deserves it. Right. But now there are Sergei Pavlovich, there's Tom Aspinall, there are these guys, right? Even Sergei Spivak,
1: Spivak, even
0: all these guys, man, you know, the heavyweight division is uh, in pretty good form right now.
1: I think it's very healthy right now. That that's a good sign. And a lot of different styles, which I like as well. So there's a lot of different approaches uh, that those guys have. And uh, I'm curious to see how it all pans out. But um. Yeah, some exciting fights uh, on the horizon, for sure, in the heavyweight team. Jailton Almeida,
0: kid. Jailton Almeida in there as well, right? Yep. Another potential problem. And you're right to, off the top, sort of acknowledge Tom Aspinall's wrestling and his grappling. It's a pretty long resume when it comes to what Tom Aspinall has done in terms of his uh, combat sports career. So, yeah, it looks like it'll be one more, and uh, he'll be an interested observer for that big heavyweight main event uh, in France in September. All right, a lot more to get to on this particular fight night, Kenny. I'm curious what you, what you thought of Yulia Stolyarenko over Molly McCann. I know what you thought of the betting line on this fight, but it Stolyarenko with this patented armbar, man. So to novices like me, right? To blue belts like me, I'm just kidding. To every Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu blue belt out there that's listening, I apologize. Like I'm totally messing around. my my my, my belt is so white that. It's actually, it, it it lays draped on my daughter's desk chair. Okay, it's not even <laughs> used, right? I apologize to the BJJ white belts out there. Uh, but Kenny, talk us through Julius Stoliorenko getting Molly McCann exactly where she wants to get her and where historically Stoliorenko has gotten everybody that she has beaten. I would think McCann's training camp was largely rooted in armbar defense and uh, it went awry pretty quick. What are you laughing at me? What's the
1: problem? No, you're right. I'm just thinking if that was the case, John. What happened? You know what what happened on Saturday night because you know uh, or Saturday afternoon, I should say. Um, you know, I I don't understand what what, what happened there. I, I think that Stolya Renko, obviously, she is a specialist. That is her best move. That is the weapon of choice. Um, and all of her all of her wins by arm bar is that right? I think all of her wins by that submission. Uh, yeah, I-,
0: I believe so i I can't remember a decision yeah. winning there. I mean certainly a high percentage of her wins by way of yeah. that arm bar,
1: yeah, so for Molly, you know you have to think that that's what they were focusing on, stopping the takedown and getting out of that damn arm bar. you know, uh, I think it was tricky because she was up against the fence to be fair. Uh, But at the same time, um, it just shows how crazy this sport is and how, you know, you hear the cliche styles make fights. And that's absolutely the case. You know, Molly McCann had a huge advantage on the feet, but she really wasn't able to use it very well against Stoliarenko, who I think probably felt pressure. You know, if she lost that one, that might have been one and done for her at that stage of the game in the UFC. And the fact that she was able, able to pull it off against Molly McCann in England with the arm bar round one was extremely impressive. And I think for Molly, she would have done much better if she was able to survive that first round. But again, that's been a weakness for her. Getting her on the ground, getting superior position, she seems to just kind of panic a little bit. She doesn't really know what's going on there. And th- that's where she needs the most amount of improvement. And Stolyarenko was clearly able to expose that.
0: So, you know, I'm all for signature move finishers. Stolyarenko's got a signature move. I heard some credit in there for the offensive fighter. I asked you on a recent episode, I think actually last week, how much credit in a jujitsu situation are we giving the offensive fighter versus discrediting the fighter who's trying to defend. But for Stolyarenko, right? I mean, I you know, I can't sit here and pull up her resume right now, call me ill-prepared, but, you know she gets a lot of people out of there with this move and, uh, you know, a lot of people go in trying to defend it. So, uh, Julius Renko, man, you know, better protect, protect your limbs, folks.
1: (laughs) This is quite the win, man. That was awesome. It was awesome to see. All
0: all right. So, uh, let us get to Paul Bear Jew Craig, taking every bit of self-control for me to just say that at a normal volume for you and your children, listening to, uh, this 424th iteration of the Anakin Florian podcast. What a UFC middleweight debut for Paul. I'll move away from the microphone. Paul Baird, you Craig. I was calling him Paul cardio Craig, right? Because there were a lot of layers to this win, but gosh, man, to be thrown ground and pound with that type of miles per hour and violence. Uh, I mean, you can speak to this. It was one of your traits foremost, but, uh, It's Paul Craig in his UFC middleweight debut by TKO via elbows over the ranked Andre Muniz. It comes at 440 of round two.
1: I talk about this a lot, but I I love fights that kind of slowly build up to this crescendo. You know, it was very technical. They were analyzing a lot, kind of back and forth, and it slowly built up and increased. And they started picking up the pace on the feet. Then they kind of went to the ground, and it just got crazier and crazier and crazier. Uh, And it stayed technical throughout. Now, for me, this was Paul Craig's best performance by far. First of all, I mean, that length. Um, that he's going to have in the 185 pound division is going to be something to deal with. And on the feet, he's made huge improvements. He was actually using his reach out there. He didn't look like he was panicking. He wasn't rushing forward with these blitzing punches that had him out of balance and, you know, struggling or maybe panicking to try to get to a clinch. He was totally calm and composed throughout this fight. And it, it it looked like he's been working on keeping the proper range. It looked like he was working on those long-range strikes. And he was able to use that largely against Muniz. And Muniz looked very good as well. But it just wasn't enough against Paul Craig, who was, you know, uh, very aggressive, uh, very technical. Uh, Muniz had some nice chances. was able to get on top. But none of that seemed to phase Craig. I didn't see Craig panicking. I didn't see him... Um, lose his conditioning at any point during that fight. He kept a high motor throughout, was attacking on the ground, attacking on the feet, was able to get out of some difficult spots as well. This was awesome to see. This was the Paul Craig that I think a lot of people were probably waiting for, and it bodes very well for him and his team.
0: A couple of consecutive losses at 205 laid the foundation for this divisional move, and He had been leaning into the strength and conditioning prior, even when competing at light heavyweight. Certainly, he probably took that in the diet to the next level, but uh, talked about speaking in two different divisions. Our producer, Cody Merrow, tells me he spoke of uh, Bo Nickel, or at least injected that name uh, at the post-fight press conference. He didn't do that in the octagon unless uh, I really got to focus more. But uh, it's a nice injection of talent, I would think, at 85. I don't know how often he can consistently make the weight, but he looked damn good doing that too. So uh, it's an exciting win for uh, for Scotland's Paul Craig.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and I think this is going to be a very interesting division with him in it. Um, he's massive. I, I Having seen him, he was cornering Stevie Ray in the PFL not too long ago and just seeing him in person. He's a big dude, man. The fact that he's fighting at 185 uh, is going to be menacing for for his opponent. So uh, the fact that he has become more technical, more composed as a fighter overall, he's a problem, man. Um, I loved a lot of those scrambles between him and Meniz, just the sweeps, the, the submission attacks back and forth. And uh, it was beautiful to see, man. Awesome, awesome fight. It really was. And uh, quite the career for Paul
0: Craig, right when you... I'm sorry, so annoying. I know it's annoying. Craig. Quite the career for Paul Craig, though, when you... Look at the wins list, some of the guys that he's beaten and the way that he's beaten them, beating them, excuse me, the bonuses he, he's collected along the way. Uh, congratulations to uh, a good man, too, and a father of two daughters, uh, Paul Cardio Craig. Larone Murphy over Joshua Kulabau, and you know I think highly of Kulabau. I mean, he's game as fuck. He's a very good striker, willing grappler, but Larone Murphy just took him to his world and uh, dom- dominated him, suffocating night at the office for Kulabau times two, uh, 3027 from the dissenting judge. And I guess it's a uh, bigger picture conversation because Leroy Murphy's undefeated and he's healthy now and he's been through hell in so many different ways in life and walks of life. He's an undefeated fighter that should resonate with somebody in the top 15 who would like to take Leroy Murphy's O. And hopefully that gives him the big fight that he has been seeking. Uh, but he's been under the radar long enough. And uh, I don't know, I'd like to see how far Lerone Murphy can take it, and how far, how good you think this kid can be? Because uh, the competition that they put in front of him, you know, he makes adjustments, and uh, you know, he wins rounds.
1: It, it's certainly going to be a confidence builder, right, for him. I, I think Coolbaugh is one of those guys that is good everywhere. He's very aggressive. He really goes for it. Um, and I think coming off of this win, and I, and I thought it was going to be very close. Um, it really wasn't that. It was Murphy who was pretty dominant in that fight, and I think that. Um, The fact that he was able to do that against someone like Kulabau is going to provide a lot of fuel for him and just going to make him that much better uh, in his next fight.
0: Hey, so first fight of the night, Jafel Filio won by arm triangle. And after he won, he called Bruce Buffer back in to like dance alongside him for a minute. Did you see it? (laughs) I did not see that. It's all over the goddamn place. So... I just I couldn't help but think like if you and you and me or or me and Rogan and D.C. were on commentary for that moment, I would have lost my mind.
1: Wait, so Buffer danced with him?
0: Seemingly unwillingly, like I thought Buff would be all about it. The rhythmic individual I know him to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, were they waltzing? Was it a tango? Were they grinding? What's going on? What are we talking about here?
0: It was uh, it was an upbeat dance. I'm not the guy to go to on that. Uh, it was upbeat, but uh, yeah, check oh. that out if you would, especially for the Damn. Bruce Buffer fans out there. Check that out. I thought he might lean into that a little bit more. I'll I thought he out. might lean in a little bit more, but Buff, you're the man. So, uh, all right. We will probably touch on a few more of these performances. Congratulations to, uh, the Institute of Human Performances, Daniel Marcos over Davy Grant by split decision. Seemingly some, uh, contentiousness online, Kenny, about that split decision. Uh, Marcos or Grant. I think a lot of people like yourself who, uh, who watch this stuff keenly were on the Marcos side. And that doesn't mean that there aren't sharp minds on the Grant side as well. Uh, have, have anything for us on that bantamweight affair as, uh, as Marcos stays undefeated?
1: This was a great fight. I hadn't seen this fight, and my father in law came up to me. He's like, Hey, I, I thought Grant won that one. And he's like, You have to check that out. He's like, I don't have a horse in the race, but you know, check it out. Um, I thought Marcos won. Um, I thought that uh, there, there were times where David Grant was kind of moving forward and things like that. I didn't think it was enough to win enough rounds to win the fight, okay? I I thought that he was missing a lot. He was whiffing a lot. I don't think the blood helped him either, if I'm being honest, right? That's never a a great thing. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean that there's more damage on one side than the other, but I just think seeing Marcos completely unmarked, making Grant miss a lot, and then seeing Grant with blood, it just it, it told the story to the judges, I think, that wasn't favorable to Grant. Now, for Marcos coming in into enemy territory, winning a fight in England, that's significant, right? Because you have the crowd behind you and Grant, and the fact that he was able to pull it off, I think, is extremely impressive. And the manner in which he did it was very impressive. He just seems to be a cool customer in them in there, man. He's just – he seems to be way more experienced than his UFC record indicates, right? And and obviously he's undefeated, which is very impressive. But to see a kid at that stage of the game execute like he's doing, it's awesome to watch. And again, I keep mentioning those flashes of Jose Aldo. He does move like Jose Aldo, doesn't have that same speed or explosiveness, but the way he manages rounds and the way he manages that clock in there, it reminds me a lot of Aldo and a lot of the movements as well. So um, you know, I, I think he ne- he's going to need to ramp it up as he goes into his career and really kind of be more impressive with some of the finishes and things like that. I think he'll get there. Um, but uh, I thought this was a very good performance from him. I thought Davy Grant fought a great fight as well. Yeah, I just think yeah. that it just wasn't enough. He wasn't landing enough volume and he wasn't hurting Marcos to say that right. he definitely won the fight. I thought it was close, but um I I, th- I did think Marcos won that fight.
0: And there's no Peruvian bias in there at all, fans, of that, I can assure you. It is amazing, though. Look at Ken Flo ready for a deep dive on Daniel Marcos, perhaps paying a little bit closer attention to the Peruvian <laughs> fighters, perhaps. I don't know. No, I don't mean about this decision at all. I just mean how yeah. locked in you are on Marcos. And I agree, man. Like, I really uh, enjoy watching him fight. There's sort of a nuance to his game. And uh, obviously, we, I, I, you know, I talk about IHP. I believe he trains at Kill Cliff F.C., we have the same strength and conditioning coaches. Well, there's his strength and conditioning coaches. They're the guys who like put me through a workout and get like the the whatever defibrillators ready in case uh, something happens. Johnny Parsons, by the way, just have to shout him out. Just looked awesome against Danny Roberts. I think those guys got the fight of the night. Andre Feely and uh, Nathaniel Wood easily could have gotten that distinction. Would you make of that fight, Ken Flo? Nathaniel Wood over Andre Feely seemed like the. Uh, the consensus out there was that Nathaniel Wood won the fight. Andre Feely, I think, posted something on Instagram intimating that he thought he won the fight, but uh, yeah. Nathaniel Wood, man, you know, uh, has accepted and answered every featherweight challenge as they have gotten stiffer. Now three and zero at one hundred and forty five pounds, you put three units on the guy and uh, you got through.
1: Yeah, man, uh, that that was a close one. You know, I, I think that. Um, the third round was very, very close. If I'm being honest, I thought the first round was put pretty clearly for Wood. Second round, I had for Feely. It came down to that third round. I think the punch that stands out for me was that left hook that really knocked the the head back of Andre Feely. And when you're talking about a fight that is that close, a judge, you know, you're looking for that um, memorable moment for the judges to kind of think about and, and look at to steer the round your way. And I think it was that left hook. That was the difference maker, because other than that, it was a lot of tippy tap stuff from both guys. So when you're talking about tippy tap stuff and you're looking for that one strike that was damaging for me, it was that left hook. Feely didn't have any of those moments for me. So I think that was probably the difference. And, you know, it was close, you know, Feely maybe, maybe has an argument there, but, um, I, I thought Wood did enough, but, um, it was impressive to see a five foot six guy in Wood who was significantly smaller than Feely find a way to get on the inside and land some very good counter shots uh, against the taller ranger Feely. So, and, and the more experienced Feely, by the way. So, great yeah. win for Nathaniel Wood. All
0: right, plenty more coming up on UFC Fight Night. Aspinall versus Tabora with Ray Longo in about 60 seconds. Also with Brian Petrie later in the week as we uh, recap the main event challenge and look ahead to uh, UFC 291. But a massive combat sports weekend that beckons across the board. Two boxing giants will face off this Saturday. Errol Spence Jr. taking on Terence Crawford for the welterweight world title. And DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered on the action. New customers strike now and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five dollars. As of this moment, Crawford minus one fifty-five, the favorite. Spence Jr. comes back plus one twenty. Fights close on paper. Figures to draw plenty of two-way action. Same can be said for the headlining act, of course, at UFC 291. So don't miss out on the fights that everybody is talking about. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Not now, but right now. Use promo code AFPOD. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5. This Saturday, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code AFPOD. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit 1 800 Gambler.net. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery, please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus. In most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and de- deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash terms I get so excited towards the end of the spot, and especially this week, it comes right before the Ray Longo Minute. So uh, let us get to Raymond Peter Longo
2: now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest.
1: That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt sip smell routine or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California.
0: Sound the trumpets, ladies and gentlemen. It is horse racing time, so saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. So right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. All you need to do, deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app, not now, but right now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code flow FLO only on the DK horse app. All right, what a star you are! Just an absolute <laughs> rock star, just a oh, rock yeah. star. Oh, yeah, you are, you really are, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Ray Longo minute every week, oh. sometimes twice a week on the Anakin Florian podcast. You look like a hockey player this week, Raymond. A hockey
2: player, why? Because that's a, like it's a compliment. I'm, I'm they uh, they get all the
0: women, and uh, no, your teeth look great. You can close them up now, but they look great. <laughs> No, the hockey players, uh, historically handsome, get all the girls. And, uh, wow. you know, you look particularly tough today. That's a compliment. All
2: right, I'll take it. I'll take any compliment <laughs> I can get at this point. How are we doing all today, guys? Doing this lovely... We're doing well.
0: All the Minutemen just keep jabbing at me, man. Love them. Love I, them. I'm just having fun with you, one of my best friends in the world, right, in terms of just, like, trying to get information out of you. And uh, I don't know. People think <laughs> I went – rice hard in the paint last week so we're not going to really? start there but it's nice to see you oh, yeah we're wow. moving on we're moving on you, you and kenny are reunited we need kenny as a buffer i think
2: john <laughs> did you have any idea what i have in this vault upstairs you have any idea the information i'm holding i could take I think down I, everybody
0: I <laughs> you, my heart rate just changed i think oh
2: geez oh boy don't do that
0: so uh talk to me how was the weekend what uh what's going on in your world
2: uh, good. I'm actually at the gym. I'm waiting for a couple of guys to come into spa. Uh, I think it's knowledge. Dylan Montello made it to the contender series in September. So I'm super excited about nice. that. He's a great kid. And, uh, that was it. I had, uh, Pumi Nakuda making his comeback. He's in there. I'm going to try to grab him before he leaves. Have him say hello to you guys. Right. Outstanding young gentleman. He amazing. is amazing. Amazing. This guy. Uh, what else? That's it.
0: Normal. Weekend. Can you imagine though? Can you imagine a- all right, Cody's listening to this. He knows exactly where I'm oh. going, Kenny. Right? Like, can you imagine Ray Longo now? Right, takes Pumi Nakuda to the UFC flyweight championship. That's probably what's yeah. going to happen. I will. You want me to get a tattoo? Right? Wow. Like, you go produce a flyweight champion. I mean, I'm getting it on my neck, okay? And we'll put makeup on it for every show. Dude,
1: yeah, the, listen, Longo Army, the Longo Army isn't coming. It's already here, and they're taking oh, yeah. over, man. Let's go. Um, I want to take it over.
2: Told me they won't let in there either, man. I wish they would give him a shot and just, you know, get somebody they think they could beat him and throw him in there with him. But uh, we got to get him into Maybe the UFC.
0: Should have, you and Mick Maynard should have a conversation. You seem yes. to be two uh, level-headed individuals.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I actually like uh, Mick a lot. Really, I, I agree with you on that, too. Seems like likeable a likable guy. Likeable likeable guy. guy.
0: Hmm. Or, so how often, just among my questions for Ray today, and Kenny, of yes. course, you chime in any time, it's your show, Kenny. Kenny's name is <laughs> this is my master bedroom. Like, know, like
2: this. Ken, Kenny, can you agree with me on this? No matter whose name is up there. It feels like his show. I mean, you could say it, right? it does. I mean, oh, he's, he's the point guard. He runs. He he's, runs. Uh, it. I mean, unbelievable. Rightfully Bob, so. Bob, Bob Cousy. Get back in the fucking
0: frame. Where are you? No, we're Where'd good. Go? We're best oh, out oh, of. Wow. Frame. We want to. What is, it? What is, the, is this? We
2: a want scene to, to, is this a scene out of step Brothers where you pop your head out as I'm doing my interview
0: <laughs> We want to put the focus on the real particulars the coaches oh, the athletes, right not, not these talking it. heads that right. I like it all right the off of the real players right <laughs> so, but't it amazing right that that my kids see Kenny Florian's name uh right it it's so much bigger than it looks too this is my master bedroom and uh, but it's great. We got the studio. We got fiber optic. So I among my questions today for the Ray Longo men. how how often he's laughing at me? No, saying, I'm just saying, saying,
2: is that sign above your bed? <laughs> You're not that creepy, are you? Imagine that he gets in bed with his wife. You're that's above his bed. He's got my T-shirt on with all the heads on. What a creepster! Come on, man. Give that. Well, Kenny's poster's
1: break. on the ceiling.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Oh, Ken- man, oh my, my god. god
0: oh yeah now there's a lot of kenny florian stuff within my eye shot here but that's <laughs> neither here nor there and yeah i'm wearing the ray longo minute shirt like my daughter will come up to me and be like ray longo minute she's like why just a minute i'm like oh it's much longer than that rest <laughs> <laughs> give him all the time he wants he's the only reason uh the show does any sort of rating so how often are fighters late like you have sparring after this interview? Is that at five PM Eastern today? Yes. What time is that? Five
1: five. Okay, PM so Eastern.
0: I'll get you out at four fifty nine, right? Right. Somebody's got to do it, right? Not yeah. my show. Somebody's got to get you out at four fifty nine, though, right? You count on me or Ken Flo to get you out for your sparring. <laughs> primary, right?
2: No, I'm counting no, on so- the star of the show. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Who's- yes, yes, boss. Yes.
0: All right. Sir. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. God, this is going to make my public approval rating with the listenership even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, what do we is, got? Who's scoring at 5 o'clock? I have
2: uh, Dylan Montello and Austin Halleck.
0: And will they be on time? Are they already in the building?
2: Austin's already here. Dylan, Dylan's one of those guys, he's on time, but he needs, okay. he needs his warm-up. He's very disciplined with all his prehab, rehab, whatever he's doing very disciplined.
0: Good. Yeah. Good. I love hearing that, Austin and Dylan yeah. going to be on time. All right. So a lot of things I want to get to with you. So you did have a visit with Stefania Bell, former colleague of mine oh. and Kenny's the ESPN. And uh, I guess now current colleague of, of mine again, and Kenny's to uh, to some degree too. But yeah, she came to the gym, obviously, to talk to you about uh, Chris Watman's return. And uh, sounds like you guys hit it off.
2: Well, what an absolute sweetheart. And she did a great job with the interview and Kind of found out too. She's we got the same birthday, May twentieth.
0: Wow! How about that?
2: We're connected. We're connected automatically. But yeah, what a what a sweetheart! And she loves you, John. She spoke so highly of you that I had to actually tell her slow down. I get it, but you don't have to overdo it.
0: You know, I told her like Ray's not single, so I don't know what you're talking about. So,
2: (laughs) even if I'm not single, I'm not single. (laughs) Talking about. (laughs) about that.
0: So, what was that conversation like for you to sort of rehash that fateful night uh, in April two thousand twenty one for for Chris God
2: uh, it look, it was uh, it, uh, the thing that got me where she—I'll tell you where she caught me off guard. I don't want to. I'm going to go real quick on this, so I don't. Oh, I calling. know what you're. I, I you know, know with, what with you're. Chris's father, law that came out of nowhere, and I tell you, just uh, a guy that really meant a lot, and he was just a great guy. So she. Definitely caught me off guard. You'll see. I probably didn't even answer the questions correctly just to start, you know, stop from bawling like a baby on camera. But that that really got me more than anything else in the interview.
0: So Stefania Bell called me uh, the day she was going to talk to you. And she said anything else that we should talk about. And we, in my sit down with her had talked about, marivi's late father and chris yeah. Wadman's late father-in-law and so i suggest that i should have sort of flagged that to you but maybe not for television purposes i don't know but i knew that that was going to be brought up because i was wondering aloud as we were having long-form conversations about this e60 piece that was part of the timeline i thought right in yeah. the and it was obviously and that's why uh, it was wrong
2: yeah probably i'd have to think of a timeline. it just yeah. did catch me off guard and i don't there's a yeah. couple of people that passed away that were very close to me that i never even realized it's that bad until i start talking like i when she asked me the question i i definitely uh that was rough that was really rough that guy yeah. was you know i think of all the things uh that would have made him happy and you know he was just you know the guy did like three tours of vietnam was a knock around guy on the streets you got you gotta love that he was a throwback you're never going to see another they're, they're, those guys they're, they're never coming back so he was the last of a dying yeah. breed and I, yeah. I appreciated every conversation i had with the guy and you know it was always great to make him laugh and i was taking him to fights at the end you know the local fights he's just a good guy man really good guy
0: yeah so uh, what do you have for us on Tom Aspinall that happened about Ooh. 24 hours ago? What a heavyweight, huh?
2: What a what uh, bounce in his step, Kenny, for a heavyweight. No, I, yeah. that's what I like. I'm not saying like Cyril Garnish, but it, in a, it's kind of like a, exactly what he did. It's it's footwork that leads to a lot of power. You know what I mean? And that In and out, I was super impressed. How heavy is that guy? What are you weighing in at? 250, 260? I mean, okay we'll get, we'll get that
0: information for you. We'll get that information for oh, you. Oh,
2: thanks, John. Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Thank I was just you. saying, we're going to chase that it. for you. We're here for I you.
2: Hate to, I hate to make you do that since
0: you're the story. Sorry star- we didn't have it for you. Uh, <laughs> no, but sorry now, we didn't i not have it mean, for you before the show. <laughs>
2: 258, no, Ray. 258. I mean, come on, man. That guy was bouncing like a light. Uh, that's uh, what That's
1: what was most impressive to me, Ray.
2: I mean, how what, what a better... Can you have a better comeback after a bad surgery like that or a bad injury? How long was he out for? How long was he out for? A you year. I mean he is, is three hundred and
0: sixty-four uh, yeah. days between appearances. Wow.
2: Yeah, so I mean, think about it. I mean, he comes out, that that's the way to make a comeback. I thought he yeah. was an A plus on the microphone. Uh there wasn't a yeah. there wasn't a glitch in that guy's return at all. And I'm a believer. I, I loved what I saw. Yeah, I don't I think am we too. ever saw anybody kind of do that to Tabora, right? He just he flattened the place, yeah. nice, but I, but right. the footwork's right. what stands out to me. I just, yeah. the way he was able to bounce and get in and get out. I loved it. Absolutely loved everything about it.
0: So I wanted to get your collective opinions on a few, uh, big flight announcements. If I could, I don't know if there's anything else pressing on London Ray, but, uh, we have a lot of big fight announcements for Abu Dhabi. I feel like, I mean, our friendship is such that it's okay for you to, like, laugh in my face. But <laughs> in the first 10 minutes of the show, I said the same thing to Kenny. Like, everybody's laughing in my face today. Um, but, but Paolo Costa. Yes. Paulo Costa was supposed to fight Ikram Alaskarov five days from now in Salt Lake City, Utah. And seemingly he's been pulled from that fight. Is going to fight Hamza Shimaev in Abu Dhabi. At UFC two ninety four. And so uh Kenny, if I if I could start with you, uh that is very <laughs> exciting news. Uh the thought of commentating that fight, watching that fight. What are your thoughts uh early preliminarily on uh Chimayev v Costa and paulo Paolo being uh now Alaskarov got a to fight too against Nasordini Mavov uh, on this upcoming car, but it's interesting, right? The hey, timeline. You are
2: you are good this- with the pronunciations, man. Wow, I know. He's a beast. Uh, Listen,
1: this is the fight. This is the fight that should have happened all along. This is the fight that they were talking about for a while. And then I was wondering why the heck it went away. uh, And finally, uh, you know, we're going to get it. I I think this is the best fight for Hamza Chimaev. I think it's a great fight for Paulo Costa as well. Um, I I think Paulo Costa is a guy who really doesn't give an F whoever he fights. He's going to go out there, fight his ass off. He's got a ton of heart. Uh, Don't be fooled by his persona on Twitter. Uh, First of all, one of the best follows on Twitter. He's absolutely hilarious. But uh, when he gets out there and and competes, um, he's going to give it his all, man. He's not going to quit. He's not going to go away easily. He's got some good skills all the way around. Um, And I think he's going to give Hamzat a a very tough fight. I think it's going to be very interesting. Now, if he doesn't give him a tough fight, if Hamzat goes out there and beats Paulo Costa and dominates Paulo Costa, um, then clearly this guy is going to be a beast at 185 pounds as well. Um, I think he should have the advantage there. I'm just excited that this fight has been put together. I, I think this is, a, this is the best poss- one of the best possible non-title fights that you can make at 185 pounds in the UFC. Oof.
2: I mean, what are the odds this fight's actually going to happen,
1: though? I knew that was coming.
2: You know? I knew that Don't was it jinx it, Ray. Don't you jinx it. All right, but uh, I just think the. Would you like is to wager? Maybe you probably. and
0: I, maybe you and I. You think Chima's wrestling is going to be too much for uh for Costa? Top, yeah, yeah. Maybe you and I will 100%. will place a bet as to whether or not the fight happens. I say yes, October twenty first, Dateline Abu Dhabi. That happens at UFC two ninety four. I think it's going to be interesting to see Chima at one hundred eighty five pounds, all filled out. If this is a permanent move, because. I don't know if it is. Hopefully it is, right? Just being clear with his intentions to chase the middleweight title, and if that's the case, very excited to see him against Costa, and uh, yeah, it's interesting, because I feel like you could have put Shimaev in a title fight against Adesanya, right? I mean, if Duplessis can't go, should be the guy, right? But you could have put Shimaev in a title fight. Why not? I mean, he hasn't had a fight at
1: 185. I mean, he hasn't had a fight in a a while at 185. He hasn't had a lot of consistency, so that's the only thing, but I think this is the fight that where you could go. You can go. Okay, it justifies it. If he goes that, especially if he goes out there and dominates Costa, then it's like, all right, go ahead. Let's let's see what yeah. he does against Adesanya. Yep. And he's probably the only guy in that division that could go out there and beat him. I, I, Duplessis, after what he did, I think is it's going to be very interesting. But as far as Hamzat and his style, uh, that that's one guy that really could give fits to Adesanya.
2: And and I'd love to see Bo Nickel thrown into the mix, even though he hasn't had the number of fights. I wouldn't mind, you know, with all the crazy fights they make. I don't think that's a bad fight to make either. I don't care how many fights the guy has. Right. I think that's right. what actually yeah. makes it interesting and they could build a great storyline around oh, that.
0: Oh, the insane. So yeah, I think so. No, I agree. So we're going to get a prediction from you coming up shortly on Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. But it is interesting that before this fight is happening, they have announced the main event for Abu Dhabi. And it is going to be the rematch between Charles Oliveira and Islam Akashev. And it it really is such a credit to Charles, Kenny and Ray that he made himself impossible to deny yet again. Like going into that fight, Daryush could have won a split and he was probably getting a title fight. Whereas Charles Oliveira could have used every style point in the world. And he just fundamentally disposed of a guy who hadn't lost in four years. So uh, Ray, I don't know if you had an early handicap. I mean, the first fight between Oliveira and Makachev went to Islam rather decisively. He's a big betting favorite in the rematch. Uh, Any early forecast on that recently announced headliner for UFC 294?
2: I mean, uh, unfortunately I think it's the same problem we have with a lot of divisions. I think, Charles could beat everybody but this guy. I think it's I honestly look, I haven't thought about it. I think it's the same fight, maybe a minute longer or whatever, but I think it's the exact same fight, and uh I don't know for some reason, I'm not even excited about the fight. Uh, I would have rather hmm. have seen somebody else in there
0: mm-hmm. candid you are about that,
2: oh wow, oh, musical heads, I love it. This side. is interesting. Huh? Oh, I'm back on the inside. I guess the music. Uh, I'm sitting over here.
0: Amazing. Now. <laughs> is that? It's not in your contract to be in the middle, but you do prefer being in the middle so you can see oh, yeah. everybody.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm the, like, I, it's the Anakin I, I, Florian sandwich.
1: I I definitely can relate to what Ray's saying. I I think that Mahashev's going to be very difficult for Charles Oliveira to beat. But, John, I think you make a great point. I mean, Oliveira did exactly what he needed to do to get that fight. He dominated Darby not the finish, which was awesome. Now, I don't know. Is there validity to what he says that, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't show up against Mahashev? Maybe that's the case, but he's got to go up there and prove it now. Um, I think Mahashev is a very tough matchup for him, like Ray said, I think that's uh, that's going to be tough. But hey, maybe Oliveira is that good, and he just had a bad day against Mahashev. and that happens too. That does happen. You you show up yes. and for whatever reason, man. Just like shit's just not firing the way you want, I, and maybe had a bad There's so many things that can go wrong and right in MMA, right? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bad yeah. weight cut. There's injuries. There's you know, a, you know. Personal problems happening, whatever yeah, it is, without a you, doubt. You, feel, you feel flat. You have one of those days and an MMA, you don't get to come back the next Sunday and do it again. So I'm really curious to see is Oliveira that good. If he goes out there and beats Mahashev, then shit, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, what, one of the best to ever do it. So, uh, it's quite the mountain to climb Mahashev again, you know, I think we'll have the advantage yet again, it's going to be in Abu Dhabi. Right. So I, I think the crowd will largely be behind him. I think. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a good fight to put together. I think it's probably the best fight. It's the fight that um I think is going to bring the most amount of viewers, I think at 155 pounds, certainly.
2: Yeah. Now, I tell you, I would I would have loved to have seen Volkanovski against Oliveira. I'd love to see that fight. Oh. You know, as you know, that would be a fight I'd like to See, and like Penny says, everything he said is spot on, especially uh he that brings a, that brings a smile to your face,
0: doesn't it? yeah and i, I think, mean he's good it, he's good
2: yeah no but you know i remember after the first john fight remember alger said he didn't eat right he had a for whatever reason he's been in the game a long time but the yeah. maybe it was the main event he, the timing of the the nutrients was wrong but i remember sitting down with him you know months later going are you telling the just tell me the truth because if you're not telling the truth we got to make some corrections but if you are telling me the truth that you didn't really feel good then it's a different story. We can go, I like what I saw. You know what I mean? And he said, I yeah. swear to God, I pro- I'm, I'm really telling you the truth. So Kenny, if, if Oliver is saying the same thing and his coaches had a talk with him and he, it's really true, then it's a different fight. I get it. Yeah. But we didn't really see a lot in that fight. Like Aljo's fight with Jan, we had three rounds to go by on a lot of stuff true. either way, three and a half. Right. You know, this one... This was quick, man, so it's it's hard to do the same thing. But I, I think there were other fights I would have liked to have seen, and, uh, you know, that's sad.
0: Uh, I love your voice, Ray. I mean, it, it, like I, I had to have it on the Anakin Florian podcast. I just <laughs> I love your voice, man. Absolutely love your <laughs> voice. Kenny, one other thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on and raise, of course. Rob Font was going to get to make this walk at TD Garden in a huge fight against Song Yadong there was a bigger fight two weeks prior against August 5th in Nashville, Tennessee. And when Umar Nurmagomedov had to pull out with a shoulder, uh, team font decided this opportunity against Corey Sandhagen was too good to pass up. Right. It's amazing to think about a Boston athlete and Rob font bleeds Boston, right? I mean, his accent is thicker than hell. He's a city guy. And, uh, Obviously, the Sanhagen fight is a huge challenge. It's much bigger for him in terms of the pecking order than the fight against Song Yudong. Uh, but man, it is interesting for Rob Font, just a huge crossroads in his career now getting that Sanhagen fight. And uh, it's like in 12 days or so, your thoughts on all that.
1: You said walking out at the TD Garden. and I had chills just thinking about that. Yeah, man, listen, I, I think um, it shows how game he is. It shows how confident he is that he's taken on Sanhagen. It's a huge opportunity, obviously, it being a main event. But I think that uh, the fact that Sanhagen largely is a striker bodes well for him, right? I, I think he is confident against any striker out there. I think that's a good fight for him. Um, I love Rob. I I think what he has done over the course of his career has been extremely impressive. Um, He's shown a lot of different improvements and a lot of different aspects of of his game over the years. So uh, I, I love seeing martial artists and fighters, right guys that are game and also show improvement and study what they're doing. So Rob font is definitely one of those guys. So it's great to see a Boston guy show that and do well and take opportunities like this. Um, so obviously anyone who fights Sanhagen, it's going to be a tough fight but the fact that fought is stepping in there uh is, is pretty damn cool man I hope he does well.
2: Yeah and I'm surprised I I thought they would have made that fight on the Garden show just because font's from Boston hmm. uh and oh. then again you have you have the you know in case something happens with O'Malley or Aljo you have a you know you have replacements right there handy to go oh, so yeah. I thought I I'm surprised they are doing that fight a couple of weeks before. But, uh, you know, like, again, Kenny's spot on with everything with Rob Font. Uh, the stand-up, you know, goes very well for him. I think, you know, San Hagan's obviously, not your classical striker. He switches stances. He's all over the place. He mixes in the takedowns, jumping knees. So uh, it that's a, that's a great fight, though. But I, I thought they would have saved that for the Boston card. I don't know why. But I thought that would have made more sense for a variety of reasons. So I'm a little confused on that. But I'm glad they both get to fight. And uh, that's all that matters anyway.
0: That's interesting. I don't know if there would have been some sensitivity from Nashville, Tennessee, if Jessica Andrade and Tatiana Suarez was elevated to the main event. That would have been something, though. The fans would have gone absolutely crazy if uh, if Sandhagen Font was added to that pay-per-view in Boston that is already... Oh, I think that maybe. would have
2: been huge, man. Huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, in the nature of time, I do want to show you guys one video, if I could, from ESPN Plus over the weekend. So Jafel Filio produced his first UFC win by Arm Triangle, and then he wanted Bruce Buffer to dance with him. So he called Buff back into the octagon and seemed like Buff was reluctant. (laughs) So I just, Ray, I I want to get your thoughts on this, if I could. Buff's leaving. Oh, wait.
2: Oh, yeah, Bruce.
1: Ah, damn! Yes, Plus Bruce, for the video baby. credit. Uh, well, we Bruce. do know it is confirmed. Bruce Buffer is a white guy. It has been confirmed. Ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's
2: good. That's a good. Point. That's good well, again. you don't. Know, you didn't see that's any again. rhythm in that. You don't know, get
1: any rhythm. <laughs> not a anymore? whole lot. Not a whole lot. Uh, a whole lot. What Bruce, a, I love what you. Though. Good, He's got a bum knee. Yeah. He's got a bum knee. He's got surgery on that knee. Yeah. What a what a great
2: just what a good guy, man. I'll tell you why. What, what a good guy. He came back in there to what was what Buffs would you even man, consider that dance? The, the Shag? What was that? I think that was the Shag from the sixties. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I
0: don't know. What a, yeah, I couldn't describe it earlier. <laughs> Jaffel Jafel Filio knew exactly what he wanted to do, though. He was going to dance with Bruce Buffer after his first UFC win. Thankfully, yeah, I was nowhere near that, uh, that octagon. because uh, I don't know what I, I would have done. I mean, Bruce, good on you being a good sport. I thought Bruce might have uh, leaned yeah. into it a little bit more, Ray. He seemed kind of reluctant to uh, engage in that noise.
2: <laughs> well, really? It looked like he came right back in and started <laughs> Did, doing yeah. the funk, funky yeah. monkey. Yeah, yeah, he came right back in. You know, Bruce. John, would uh, you, come would, on, would you have
1: danced? Anik, would you have danced if he asked you, hey, John, get in here, let's dance. Would you have danced? I would have been like, Boa We'll see
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, yeah.
2: my, my wife can't get me on the dance floor at a wedding. I ain't dancing in the octagon. I <laughs> right.
1: that. Isn't that
0: amazing? Yeah. yeah. I am very reluctant to dance. I need uh, whiskey to dance, essentially. Yeah, I'm weddings. good for... Uh,
2: I'm always good for when I hear "Summer Wind" come on by Sinatra, and then I just <laughs> ah, something. That's I just, a good one. Yeah. I just, you know, Kenny, I just gravitate right to the dance floor. It's a slow song, you know what I mean?
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. Well, song. well, I know you have. Uh, I know you have work to do, so I'm going to ask you this in closing. Okay, I'm yes, going to name four five
2: I want to give you something, John. <laughs>
0: I, I, I will never pry ever again. My no, I want sincere you. Sincere apologies to Minuteman Nation, all of Longo's Minutemen, Who fast forward you, to the Ray Longo minutes? Yeah, uh,
2: you. What? I want you prying. What? I do. I want you pry because I want to make sure I still have my powers. You don't think I've been under the hot lights, at getting questions huh. answered, of me, uh, I No, I, I know
0: I don't. I Ain't breaking, baby. Oh, hey, Plus. I mean. No, I mean we hit you pretty hard with that ESPN video, and seemingly you were ready. Oh, so man. uh for most but, questions, but right. Right.
2: I, I did start crying.
0: Did you really? Yeah.
2: I, was, I did. You start I was crying? Vi- no, I was on the verge of going, man. I yeah. do. I think that that blindsided me for sure. That's yeah, for, yeah, damn sure.
0: All right. <clears throat> I'm gonna name four fighters who are competing at UFC 291 this yes. weekend. And you're going to tell me in which individual you are most confident to get the win, right? And if this individual wins, two hundred and fifty dollars to Longo Widman MMA.
2: No way! Let's do it.
0: We just want our we just want our logo on every wall. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We don't want our <laughs> logo. Anywhere. I'm just kidding.
2: Well, you, you right. know what? You you should send over something. I'll throw it right up on the wall. If you have anything, send it over.
0: Oh well, I mean, we will. Uh, well, we would absolutely have like already. some representation, right? I mean, let's
2: go. Yeah. I, Let's do it, man. That, I mean, that's we've given you a platform
0: is. every Monday for eight years. I mean, can we get a fucking banner? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, <laughs> Cody and I you, to...
2: you can get whatever yeah. you want, buddy.
0: <laughs> Just want a fucking banner, right? Just want a fucking banner. All right. For $250. In which of these four athletes? Oh, by the way, your guy, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, competing this weekend against uh, yes. against Michelle Pareda. But that's that neither you nor there. That should be a fun oh, fucking being yeah, they got added to pay-per-view, actually, with the uh, Paulo Costa defection. All right, four athletes. You tell me which athlete you're most confident in and which athlete you're essentially putting the $250 on. Jan Bojovic welcoming Alex Padeda to the light heavyweight division or either guy in the BMF title, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. You could have Poirier, Gaethje, Podeda, Bojovic. In which of those four guys are you most confident to win?
2: Uh, how how many rounds is the Gaethje fight?
0: That is a five-round main event. Ooh,
2: I'm most confident in Dustin Poirier.
0: Dustin Poirier for yeah. all the marbles, $250. For all the all right. marbles. Any, uh, any lean on Blachowicz and Alex Podeda? Who do you like in that fight?
2: I mean, I think, you know, I I, I first off, I love Pereira striking. Love it. Uh, but I think this guy's going to take it to the floor and really expose him. uh down there I, I i don't know i think the smart path for jan is to really mix it up like that and not get to a slugfest with the guy although he is big and he it's hard too so yeah uh, but I, I i'm leaning towards Blahovich.
0: yeah and that is a three-round fight well ray longo right. on social media uh you can find him at ray longo mma on twitter he's pretty good on that platform instagram pretty good as well but it's like at ray longo nah, mma nine three five eight at ray longo nine three five eight
2: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come that. back with that. Wait, wait, let me get one. Pumi! Oh, God, I think he's sleeping. I wanted to get Pumi on right, just to Don't say wake hello. him. Man. That's okay.
0: <laughs> Pumi Nakuda, shout out to Pumi. Hey, see a doctor and get rid of it. Have a great day and a better Thank evening. Thank you very great much. Great session.
2: I didn't know it was that obvious,
0: man. a <laughs> line, I think, from The Jerk. <laughs> shout out to oh, Steve Martin. See I how old know. we are in this room?
2: great movie yeah i thought it was the old willie nelson song and i can't remember what it is but uh yeah to all the girls uh, i've loved before soon you'll have a big white sore
0: (laughs) 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 close his box out anytime he closes this guy Uh, man come on guys i got work
2: i got work to do hey thank you buddy
0: you're the best i love you
2: Thank
0: you. Bye. Ray Long, met it every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. And we will be right back in your lives in a couple of days, Wednesday or Thursday with a much more comprehensive look at UFC 291. I know Ken Flo still deliberating some of his selections. If you want more on the show, com. Can I tease the potential new merchandise store? I think I just did. We got a lot of things in the work revamping everything on the merch front. Very exciting. I may get in trouble for that. Um, All right, Cody says we've already been posting about it. I am a fucking idiot, huh? Ah! Maybe they'll let me host this show, which is not mine, on Wednesday or Thursday. KennyFloreandMartialArce.com is live as well. Uh, Also on Instagram, I would check out Argus Integrated Defense. If you're a man or a woman and, you know, you just want to create a little space and figure out how to, uh, you know, avoid some situations and navigate some situations if they present themselves uh, at Argus Integrated Defense. We're back with you in a couple days here on the DraftKings Network, on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Ready to go with full picks. I think seven of them from Kenfo and Big Gun Brian Petrie on UFC 291. Poirier versus Gaethje. Two for me. Wheels up to Salt Lake City, Utah, to the Delta Center. Kenfo, what do you got going on this week? You be watching the pay per view at home or what? Or what?
1: I, I'll I'll be at home. I'll be at home for this one. Yeah.
0: All right, bud. Text me during the broadcast. That's all I ask. I should give out bonuses to Kenflow like I do with Longo. You know, <laughs> given Longo, like giving all, Longo all these choices. All right, if Kenflow texts me during the final two fights, $250 for you as well. We got to get out of here. Thanks to everybody behind the scenes Cody Merrill, Will Berger, uh, and thanks to Ray Longo for joining us coming up later in the week as well we'll also talk to uh undefeated mma prospect and shamrock fc champion dustin Lamprose. Uh, doing a lot of good things in and outside of uh cages these days so uh thanks everybody for checking out the show and uh we'll talk to you in about 72 hours until then you'll live. Trademarks owned by Becklass A B to C V twenty twenty four proximo Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.